We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, Broncos country. Let's wait a minute for all of the streams to come in here. All right. All right. We're live. live. <laughs> We're live. <laughs> Good evening, Broncos country, and welcome to another installment of the Orange and Blue View. I am one of your hosts, Ron White. To my right, your left, is Thomas Hall. Thomas is back. My partner in crime back. is back, guys. How are you doing today, Thomas? <laughs> I'm good, you know. had uh, had fun on my birthday. Hope the show went well. I uh, I didn't even watch it. I, I apologize. I, I was having too much fun uh, on my birthday. So, uh, but yeah, I'm back and uh, planning on being around for the next few weeks for sure. So, how are things? How are things going with you, Ron? Good, and you know, it's, I'm glad that you have fun on your birthday. You know that that that's what matters. You know, turning a year old is always always nice, and looks like you have some good plans. So that's good. But I'm doing well. Um, as we were talking for the show, I'm, it's hot here in Atlanta, so you know, trying to, you know, survive this Atlanta yeah. heat. But so far, so good. I'm ready to talk uh, Broncos football. There's not, you know, too much news. Um, we're still kind of in that slow period, but you know, there's going to be a lot coming up with training camp and all. And I know you and and Luke will will be there, um, yeah, reporting. So I think we're, we're looking forward to that. But let's say hi to some folks here that are in the chat um let's see what we got here so we got ernie mays coming in here thank you ernie we appreciate you he says hello thomas and ron go scott go broncos country only yes ernie it's always <laughs> broncos country only and again thank you for that reminder <laughs> that we're the only one that matters in the football world <laughs> at least right now yep. so those Chiefs, Mahomes, mm, we, we don't really don't care about them. So it's all Wilson, Peyton, and the Broncos. Well, I'll tell you, Ron, this is uh, this is what I call the doldrums of the NFL, right? Like we're between the all the, the so the NFL usually is pretty pretty fun all year round, right? You go yeah. through the Super Bowl, then you get into free agency, and then you get it, you know. But but the, between the off season and the mini camps and before training camp, there's always it's always so slow. Right. So, yeah. you know, we really appreciate you all coming in, joining us on a Saturday night, even though it's a slow period in the NFL, the doldrums, so to speak. It's going to be picking up soon. Right. And we've got all these things that are happening, Ron, like uh, people are 
uh, are coming up with with different things to write about right so yes. you know we got, we're really uh we're really waiting for some news to happen and and hopefully some will but uh, we, we you know we will chat a little bit about russell wilson tonight of course uh that's our topic and uh we'll chat about anything you guys want so, so throw it into the uh, into the chat and uh let us know what you think yes most definitely and to that point of you know there's not much news but you know our staff is constantly finding, you know, different things to write about. So please go on SI.com and just check out the articles, all the different perspectives, you know, some of the things that you may not think about from the beginning, you know, I'm pretty sure there's an article out there about it. Um, so yeah, please check out, um, you know, the articles that we have on there and, you know, that should be at least some good news to kind of get you guys through, <laughs> You know this period until we start with with real life football. We got David McGrath coming in here with the five dollar super chat. Thank you, David. We appreciate you, the the man and the legend. He says, "Good evening, Broncos country." Tom Rollins, Ron Dillon, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag twenty days. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Buckham three times. Yes, <laughs> and hashtag Denver Broncos for life again, David. Thank you very much for your continued support. We appreciate you as always, my man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Really, really appreciate it, David. Thanks for being here on Saturday night. It's a summer Saturday night. We appreciate you taking the time to jump in here. And as always, we really, really appreciate the support. So thank you so much. Let's have Michaela coming in saying good evening, Broncos country. The uh you know, coming in on a Saturday night as well. So thank you for being here, Michaela. Really, really, really appreciate it. And we've got Lawrence coming in from Facebook saying, what up, guys? Have you heard the new rule on forward pass? Well, I think you're uh, referring to, well, I I may be mistaken. So I'm not really sure what what you mean, but I I think it's the handing it off forward. So uh, some of the RPO plays of, you know, you kind of getting that running back going, you know, in front of the quarterback maybe, and then handing it off in front of the quarterback. Uh, and I think they're deeming that maybe a forward pass. I'm not sure. I, I, I saw that and I have not dug into the rules yet, Lawrence, but I will for sure. I, you know, I've been out. Uh, I just got back and uh, jumped back into things, but yeah, I did see that. I'm not sure of all of the intricacies of it, but I think it will have some effect on if they're calling it right. If they're calling right. that pretty strictly, they, there may be some effect on, on certain plays, so I'll have to uh, I'll have to double check on that. But thanks for bringing that. Appreciate it, Lawrence. Yes, Lawrence. And I, I'm I'm like Thomas, where I, I did see that it came out, but I haven't looked at all the details um, of the new rule yet. Um, but I do plan to do so. Um, and we can definitely follow up with you on that. And, you know, I, I am interested to seeing kind of how that will affect, you know, some of the play calling, you know, doing certain situational football, you know, um, scenarios. Um, that'll be interesting, especially for the Broncos, obviously, um, when Sean Payton starts to call plays. But but yeah, good, 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 uh, good question. Um, and definitely we'll we'll follow back up um once we kind of dive more into it. Yeah, and we got Roy coming in, Roy Eisborn coming in from Facebook saying good evening, Thomas and Ron and Broncos Country. Finally, a beautiful day here in Sioux Falls. So uh, thank you for coming in from Sioux Falls and being with us here tonight. Really, really appreciate it. We've got a few other comments. Uh coming in we got david Youngkin came in real early saying if russ listens to sean payton and not hold on to the ball he might have a good chance of having a decent season it might not be the laughing stock of the nfl and we are going to jo- you know we can i've talked about russell wilson bouncing back we've, we've all kind of knocked it around and it's all speculation at this point i've looked at you know past hall of fame caliber uh 
quarterbacks and use the analytics and, but you know, it's all comes down to how's it going to play out this season. And, and really the, I'll, I'll just jump in right here and say what the, what the uh, quote was about. It was a bleacher report saying that mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, he's going to predict Russell Wilson is uh, going to have his most yards of his career. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, Ron, that's, it's not a huge stretch to say that he's, we're not talking like a 5,000 yard season here. His right. greatest, yards per season was 4,219 yards. Mm-hmm. And that was back in a 16 game season. And if you look at last year in the, one of the most historically bad offenses of all time, and he only played 15 games. So he played 17 games. You extrapolate that out. He he was four yard, uh, four or six yards short of 4,000 yards yeah. for the season. So he was already pretty close to that. I mean, you're playing another game, right? So if he can play a full game, uh, a full 17 game season, he really only has to throw for 200, 249 yards a game to really beat that mark. Mm-hmm. That's not uh, that's not a lot in a Sean Payton offense, especially in a Hackett offense where he threw 235 per game, which was only 14 less. Mm-hmm. So this whole prediction in my mind about how how he's going to have the most yards per season isn't a huge like go out on a limb type prediction in my mind. I think he's going to be better, and I think he can hit that. But like I said. I think he has to be better than that to really impress people. I don't know what. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your thoughts, Ron? No, you bring up a good point, Thomas. And, you know, when I when I read Gary Davenport's, you know, quote, you know, I was thinking in my head, well, he's already done that. Like, he, <laughs> you know, 40, you know, he, he'll definitely eclipse the, the 4,000 yard mark. I don't think that's out of the realm of the possible. Um, you know, I think you're right. He has to, I think in order for Broncos fans to really be sure and confident of Russell Wilson moving forward, he's going to even have to surpass that mark. And Davenport also states, and I'll kind of read more into the quotes here, 
Um, and Cortland Sutton, Judy, and Tim Patrick, Wilson has a rock-solid trio of passing game weapons at his disposal. The arrival of Peyton should be a sizable boost to an offense that ranked dead last in scoring in 2022. All the ingredients are there for Wilson to bounce back in 2023. So much that Wilson is going to do something this year he's never done before, which is throw for 4,300 yards. And again, you know, he's been close to that little over 4,000 marks. So, I mean, it's been done before. It's just a matter of with this new coach and this new offensive line, because let's, let's think about it. The only person that wasn't there in the in the pass catching room was Tim Patrick. But of course you had Sutton and then you had um you had Jerry Judy as well. So with this new rebuilt offensive line with Sean Payton calling the plays, there is there is no excuse for for us not to hit that mark. I, I would expect bare minimum like a between a four thousand to a forty three hundred yard season. But you know the sky's the limit. I, I'm looking more to that. And then I also, before you go, Thomas, I did look at Drew Brees's um, yards per season in those in those glory years. And just for a point of reference, and I know there are two different style quarterbacks. I understand mm-hmm. that, but around those years of 2016 to 2019, Drew Brees 2016 5,000 yards, 5,208 yards. 2017 4,334 yards. 2018 a little shy of 4,000 yards and then it kind of dwindles down there from 2018 but again we know we know that that 2016 to 28 those 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 years were the glory years where they were you know in the championship games and the playoffs um and so I can definitely see that um with Sean Payton and using Russell Wilson the correct way and like you said, it's a different it's a different quarterback style, but it's a it's an offense that gets the most out of the quarterbacks, right? It's Correct. the they got he got the most out of Drew Brees for sure. Mike guest, thanks for coming in. Just wanted to say hi. I saw Dan Dan Wilk was in there. Mike guest saying what's up, Thomas, Ron, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country. So thank you very much for being here, Mike. Really appreciate it. Yes, Mike. I'm going to grab this other. I mean, we were talking a little bit about Russell Wilson, and we've talked a lot about Russell Wilson. <laughs> our our thoughts are pretty similar. Everybody's hoping for a bounce back. I think he will. I think a lot of people are predicting it. Um, so, but there are other things that are coming up, right? We got training camp coming up. We're not going to know how good Russell Wilson is really until the regular season starts. Right. Is he is he back to you know at least back to where he was and hopefully better? Hopefully Sean Payton, Payton even makes him better. That'd be great. But training camp's coming up, and there's a lot of questions out there right now. And and Jason O'Neill's coming in with a question for us, saying, "Good day, Thomas and Ron." How's Broncos country? Well, hopefully we're doing good. We're almost to training <laughs> camp, so it's coming up. It's going to be fun. But uh, which players have the most approved, whether it be offensive side or defensive side of the ball, and who are the potential cuts? Now, I'm going to assume potential cuts, meaning maybe veterans that were, aren't, aren't safe kind of thing. I mean, there, obviously there's a bunch of young guys that are probably going to be cut and then maybe brought back to the practice squad or looking for another team. But I'm going to go with, you know, uh, players who maybe a surprise potential cut, right? So, Ron, you got any thoughts on this? Because I have several. <laughs> yeah, so I want to. So, how how's Bronson Country? Well, Jason, we're we're optimistic. <laughs> it's kind of answer your first question. At least I am, and I hope you guys are as well. Um, you know, heading into training camp, it it should definitely be a good year. At least we're hoping for that. I know we've said that a lot, but at least we're hoping for it now with new coaching. Uh, potential cuts. 
Well, actually, let me let me we'll bounce off the other the last question. I want to get to the most approved um, first, Thomas. So the most approved, and I don't think this is much for debate. Lloyd Cushenberry, guys, it's Lloyd Cushenberry, and I don't think it, there are some other candidates out there you can maybe put on that list. Um, but definitely, Lloyd Cushenberry has the most to prove for this offensive line. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We all know what we saw last year, and it was it was just downright awful, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. And now with a new offensive line coach with um, veterans there that's going to help him on the offensive line with Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey, there should be no excuse for him to at least improve. And all, right. we're, all we're asking for is average to above average center play. So in my mind, on the offensive side, offensive line specifically, it's Lloyd Cushenberry. Now, potential cut, Albert O. Albert O is the one that comes to mind just because I don't see, I don't see a use for him. You know, with Dulcich and then um, the, I think the other tight end they brought in from New Orleans. Yeah, and Tom, and then, then the other tight end, um, that'd be helpful for blocking mostly. I forgot his name, but well, man hurts is uh, the blocker, and Troutman was uh, as Troutman, a pass yes. catcher. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Troutman, thank you for that. Um, so yeah, Troutman, Dulcich will be uh, kind of the pass catchers, and man hurts coming in to help block. What what role does Alberto have? Um, so I can definitely see him being a potential cut, and maybe you know I know it was floated about, about one of these receivers being traded, but they could cut one of the. I mean, again, Hamler could also be a cut you know i i again with and we talked about this the last time um well actually with me and lance where you know hamlet just got this newly adjusted deal but it's more of a you know prove it you know we're gonna it's a win-win for both parties for him and for the team but you know if he's coming injured because he's already injured he already suffered that torn pack injury here in the offseason and if he goes into the season more injured, it's like, well, you're not available to stay on the field. So we, we, we have to do something with you. And I can see him being a potential cut. But, yeah, I can definitely see those two for sure. Um, Alberto and then a possibly uh, the KJ Hamler being cut. Yeah. What about you? Well, I think on the offensive side, who has the most approved from from my perspective? It, obviously, it's Lloyd Cushenberry, definitely. But I actually think Jerry Judy has a lot to prove as well. Mm -hmm. He's always been on the cusp. You know, he, he we keep seeing these videos of him out there running routes, and people are, oh, it's his year. He's going to go off. I think he's going to have a much better year, but he has to prove it first, right? Okay. He has all of the tools to be a star wide receiver, and he's and you. You can't blame him too much. He's been in a poor offense. He's had mm -hmm. not great quarterback play, things like that. But he he has a lot to prove in my mind, and not just on the field, off field too. You know, he he uh, he needs to step up his leadership game a little bit too. I mean, he's going into he's now going to be the core of the Broncos. They're going to have to make a decision on him whether to keep him around soon. So, for my mind, he's got a lot to prove this year, and I think he can do it. I think he can come out if he stays healthy and, and has a good year, but. A first round draft choice who is supposed to be really, really good, who's only been, you know, above average, right? Statistically mm. speaking. And, yeah. you know, some of that has to do with injuries, but that that for me, Jerry Judy has a lot to prove. On the defensive side of the ball, I keep going back to the defensive line. It's Mike Purcell has a lot to prove in my mind. He has to stay healthy. He has to prove that he, you know, when he had that big contract, because 
he could also be a potential cut. Now, I don't think they will because they're very thin on that rotation still with veteran type players. But if you see someone, one of the young guys step up and, and push Mike Purcell for that job, you know, he could be a potential cut. But from my perspective, you know, KJ Hamler makes sense even with a re with a re um, done deal. Right. And I know it's, it protects KJ Hamler a little bit and gives him more of an opportunity to be there. But if he can't be a third wide receiver, if he's that fourth wide receiver, where, where is he going to play in special teams? And I brought this up uh, on Wednesday. That's the thing to me. If you're the fourth, fifth or sixth wide receiver, you have to play on special teams and they have a punt returner and they have a kick returner already kind of penciled in KJ Hamler might beat them out. But I just don't see KJ Hamler with his injury uh, history and his size running down the field covering kickoffs, you know, or running down the field covering punts. I don't see it. So he's going to have to have a huge camp. And if he doesn't, and he's that fourth or fifth wide receiver, then they're going to make a decision to put bring in somebody who's a better special teams player. So that that's one potential cut. And you, you Albert O's definitely definitely there. But the big surprise for me. Uh, that I think that a big surprise because they brought him back is Kareem Jackson. Yeah. If those other safeties in that room show that they are ready, if Caden Stern makes that next step, right, and and uh, you know you see some of these young guys make that next step, Kareem Jackson's expendable. His deal is one that's written that there's very little dead money, right? And he, you know, great leadership. He was great to have around the locker room, but we saw his game has declined. If, if he's not able to hold off those young guys, you might see him cut, which is a big surprise, right? Cause they brought him back. So those are, those are my, uh, those are my, and I really think, thank you for that question, Jason. That was, that was a really good question. And, and yes, everybody's, everybody's thinking about it, right? Everybody's minds there. Yes. And Luke Patterson and I will be out there at training camp and we'll bring that news to you when we see it, you know, and we'll have a different perspective on who's, who's leading that, uh, those groups or whatnot, but. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. We got we Gary, Gary Palmer, Palmer coming, coming in here with super chat. Thank you so much, Gary, and thank you for being a legend of Mile High. Yes. And he comes in with a question that says, "Hey, all, just a thought about the vaunted Sean Payton run scheme. If Wilson does too good, maybe the run game suffer. Go Broncos, Buckham. Well, legend uh, Gary, legend Palmer. I, I know it's Leeds, <laughs> but I'm going to call call you Gary, legend Palmer." I think it's a great question uh, to think about and to ponder. And thank you for the support. Yes, I really you. hope that the run game and Russell Wilson complement each other well. Right. And I think, you know, I'm hoping that, that it kind of goes back. I think it's going to be a better offense than Seattle ran, but I'm hoping that that run, that, to me, Russell Wilson uh, kind of plays off the run game better. I mean, he's a great deep ball guy. And if you can get those, uh, you know, you can get a good running game go going. It may open that up uh, even better. So that's that's I'm hoping it 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 doesn't. I mean, and, but today's a passing league, right? It it just is. So the running game is just suffering because more teams are passing. But I'm hope what I really hope is that the new offensive line uh, acquisitions 
are able to run when they want to run the ball, yes. right? So in the four-minute offense, they impose their will. They run the clock down. That's what I'm hoping for. And if that's what, you know, if they can complement to each other and then when it's time to run, they can actually run the ball, then I'm happy. I don't care if the running game is, um, you know, not one of the tops in the league. I want to be able to run when it matters. Ron, what do you think? Yeah, good question, Gary. Um, I, I, I would say I, I don't think the run game will suffer. I, I think you're right, Thomas, in the sense that I do see them complementing one another. We, we saw a very balanced attack in New Orleans um, with under Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton. And I expect the same here in Denver. Um, you know, it's it's going to be running the ball to set up the pass. You'll see a lot of, you know, boots and, you know, uh, passes out of the backfield to Javante and Pirine. Um, you know, the offensive line with these new additions, they're going to maul people. You, you'll start to see those holes open up. And then, you know, when Wilson does drop back, you know, for the pass, you know, those receivers should should be available to catch it. So I, I don't think I don't think the run game will suffer. Also, remember, you know, Russell Wilson running himself. Right. So I don't I don't see the run game suffering with Sean Payton's scheme if Russ is that good, because, you know, it's going to be with the communication of Russ and Peyton, it's going to be, again, that running to set up those play action type passes, those deep ball throws that Russell Wilson is used to throwing. Um, so ex expect a good compliment where kind of one sets up the other, but yeah, you're right, Thomas, that two minute drill, you know, if we're up with the ball, you know, fourth quarter, two minutes, I expect the crowd to be into it loud we just run the ball run the clock out um and so expect a lot of that um as well um kind of similar to our you know 2015 2016 Super Bowl run where you know of course we had Vaughn and we were up and the crowd was in it so I wouldn't say it would be just like that but expect kind of that similar <laughs> that similar effect um, yeah, at least that's what we're I, hoping for. So. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I, I just, I, I'm getting tired of them not being able to run the ball. I want them to be able yeah. to go out there and just impose their will. And that, that's for me, it, it maybe it's boring, but it, it's, it, that's how you uh, finish out games. I was going to give a yeah. shout out to Colby Collier coming in with Facebook stars. No comment. Go ahead and put a comment in if you, if you want, but thank you for the support. Really, really appreciate it, Colby. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kobe. We appreciate it. You got Roy Osborne coming back in here. Thank you, Roy. He says, getting back to Russell Wilson. I think there will be a bounce back from Russ, but I don't see 4,000 yards since we'll be a run first and or run heavy offense. Thank you, Roy, for that comment. And, you know, I, I said, you know, the, the over 4,000 yards is kind of to be expected but this is an interesting take you know it depends on you're right how the how the run game goes and you know sean payton has different creative tricks and ways um you know to use the running backs you might see again passes out of the backfield to p ryan and and javante um you'll see play designs where it is you know a run like kind of a run design play um but Again, I do also expect these receivers to, to be used. You know, it, it, it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm envisioning 
those 2016 to 2018 New Orleans Saints years with the Michael Thomas and the Brandon Cooks and the and the Willie Sneed, right? Where, you know, these receivers still were open, although the running was used to kind of help set up the pass and you saw that balanced attack. So you could be right. It kind of depends on, you know, the ebb and flow of the game and kind of how Peyton uses and what he calls. There could be more running plays in some games and passing plays. And I, I expect to see that. So, of course, if that's the case, you may see maybe not 4,000. Might be like a snidge of below 4,000. Might be the under. Um, but, you know, based on what we've seen, based on Russell's ability and the fact that we know what he can do, and especially with Sean Payton under the helm, um, expect for that passing attack to come into play where those yards start to come into play as well. But yeah, that's a good perspective, depending on kind of what they do on the run game. I I, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's going to be as run heavy as people think. I think they're going to focus on the run, but it's not going to mm-hmm. be as run heavy. And this this is why. Uh, number one, Sean Payton came in to to fix Russell Wilson. That's his number one job, right? To win well, n- win games and fix Russell Wilson. He's, he's going to want to get him out there throwing the ball so he can show that. You know, there's there is some ego of all. I fixed Russell Wilson. Look, he's throwing the ball better. He's got four thousand yards, whatever. But there's a ton of pass catching threats in this offense. You got yes. Cortland Sutton. You got Jerry Judy. You got Tim Patrick. They've just drafted a, in second round Marvin Mims. They've got those guys. There, they've got Greg Dulcich. They brought in Troutman, who's a pretty good pass catcher. I mean, and then you've got backs out of the backfield that I mean, Pirine is a pretty good uh, catcher. Uh, back out of the backfield so you've got all of these weapons i think sean payton wants to utilize them i don't think he's going to have a boring offense i mean he's going to have a balanced offense i think he's going to focus on the run to open up the pass a little bit more but i think there's just too many enticing pieces that are available to sean payton that he's gonna want to have uh people have wilson to throw to i think if wilson stays healthy He's going to be able to go over 4,000 yards. Will it be as most yards in a season? I don't know. It's just 17 games. If you can play 17 games, it's almost hard not to hit that. He has to be a, have a pretty bad season not to hit it, even in a run-heavy offense from my perspective. But, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be right there. Like I said, if you if you took 17 games uh, for him this season, he was, he was six yards, I think, off from 4,000 in a bad offense that was historically bad. It couldn't score points. It couldn't really move the ball only in the late, uh, late latter parts of the game. So I don't think it's a stretch to think he can hit 4,000 yards. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it's going to be as run heavy as, as folks think, because it's just too enticing. Right. <laughs> and Peyton's a great play caller, right? He's yeah. going to call plays that work get, you know, during the game. So there's, it's going to be moving the ball around. Uh, I think a lot between pass and, and, and run. So. Yeah. Well, that's a good perspective there, Roy. Thank you very much. For that comment we got michael davis coming in here thank you michael for your comment we appreciate you interesting point here he says the entire wide receiver room has a lot to prove 48 million locked up highest in the league prove you can stay healthy downfield block and make clutch catches when it matters yeah i i i, I agree michael you know it's uh, the, the wide receiver room yes definitely has <laughs> You know, some some things to prove. Um, as you mentioned earlier at the top of the show, Thomas, you know, Jerry Judy, again, we liked what we've seen from him, but he still has a good way to go when it comes to being that 
that it receiver for Denver and a top five receiver in the league. Um, we also need to see Cortland, Cortland Sutton bounce back. And, you know, he's kind of been, ever since that 2019 run, he's kind of been up and down since. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can come back um, and play at the level, go back to those 80-20 balls that, that we're used to him catching. And then, as we mentioned, as I mentioned last week, I don't think it's going to be underestimated the value of having Tim Patrick back. I think with Tim Patrick back in this offense, Mr. Shore reliable hands, as they mentioned, you know, might be one of the best football player, you know, in the Denver Broncos locker room. So having that back to kind of help his leadership, his presence, helping Sutton and Judy um, and Mims even, um, I think will definitely help. But yeah, you, you're right on Michael that th- this wide receiver room definitely has, has a good bit of things here to prove. And, you know, again, prove you can stay healthy. That's 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 the key, right? You know, <laughs> health, availability, making sure, you know, hopefully with the new strength and conditioning, they can they can stay on the field um, and make those important catches uh, when it matters. So I definitely agree with this perspective. And absolutely. I mean, I, like I said before, Jerry Judy has a lot to prove. He's got to prove that he, he, you know, is a number one draft choice wide receiver, right? He's got to deliver. He's got to he's got to be the the big guy, right? The go to guy, the. He's got to show everyone that he can uh, he can handle that big role, right? He should be going over a thousand yards. That's a lot to prove. Then you've got Tim Patrick coming back from injury. I hate to say, but he has he has a lot to prove just because are we is he healthy enough to play like he was before he got injured? That's that's significant. Cortland Sutton, like you said, he is he looked like he was on a trajectory to be an All Star, got injured, and he's not been quite back to where he was. You know, and then you've got KJ Hamler. He's got a lot to prove as well. I mean, they they signed a deal with him to prove that he can stay healthy. So you know, they've got that. And then you got Marvin Mims, a second round draft choice. He's drafted high. He's got a lot. You're absolutely right. This entire wide receiver room has a lot to prove. They have the potential to prove it, though. That that's mm-hmm. where I'm coming from. Right? Is I think they have the potential to to do so in the right offense. I think last year the. the the scheme wasn't good. It wasn't scheming offense. Uh, uh, wasn't scheming wide receivers open. I think Sean Payton will be able to do that. They'll get easier looks at the ball. They'll be able to uh, get some open field, um, open field type uh, opportunities more so than last year. So I think they have a lot to prove. But I think they're, they're going to be able to prove it. Hopefully, I, I'm a little worried that Tim Patrick. We've got a lot of expectations for him, and he's still going to be coming back, trying to get back to his former self with that injury. Uh, if it was, you know. Uh, two years removed from that, I wouldn't have any worries, but he's he's got to come back and do that. So, yeah, thank you for that question, Michael. I appreciate it. Yes, Michael. And okay, Keith we... Brugman coming in saying, happy birthday, KJ Hamler. We're talking about wide receivers, talking about KJ Hamler. It is his birthday. That's right. So, you know, hopefully he he is going to, uh, sh- you know, show out this training camp and become a good, you know, a great player for the Broncos. But his question is, still a Bronco this time next year? I don't think so. I, I just don't think he will be. I, and like I said, at the early part of the show, when we were talking about wide receivers is unless he can become, you know, get into that third or fourth wide receiver position, he's going to have to play special teams. And I don't see a spot for him on special teams with the acquisitions they've made. And they've replaced, they've already brought in someone that's similar to him in a draft pick with, who will be one more year, more experience. And they have Montreal Washington. I don't know if they got plans for him, but he's a similar player. There's too many similar players yeah. uh, to, KJ Hamler, I still, I still have a feeling that even with his reworked contract, that they may end up 
sending him in a trade. I, I don't know. I mean, I hope not. I, I like KJ Hamler. I think, you know, I think he could, he can really lift the top off of a defense, but you know, his health is, is really, uh, you know, that that's a question mark. So what do you think, Ron? Yeah. Thank you, Keith. Uh, and yes, happy birthday to KJ Hamler. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, no, he's not, uh, again, you know, kind of going back to what Thomas, Thomas, well, Thomas just laid it out of it's you, where, where is he going to play? You know, he's going to be behind Sutton, Judy, Patrick, going to be the fourth. No, they have Mims. I think Mims is going to end up kind of supplanting him. And then for special teams, like they already, they already have a plan for Montreal Washington and they already have Turner. So like what, like what's his role going to be? And right now from the way things are constructed, I just don't see a role for Hamler, um, even with the rework contract. And then, you know, confounding that with the injury bug again, he's, he already has another injury, a torn peck. So, you know, you're, <laughs> you know, you're kind of already bitten by the injury bug and then trying to figure out where you're going to be in this offense, um, depending on how it plays out. You know, I, I do see Mims. I have high expectations for Mims. I think Mims is going to come in and, and, and do well. And so that, that leaves the question of what, how are we going to use Hamler? And that's what I was saying. I, I really see him more as a, if you can get something out of a trade form, great. Um, but I definitely do see him more as a, as a potential cut for sure. And, and on top of he's, he's part of the old regime, right? He's yeah, part of the true. old regime, and and yeah. they're going to want to move on with their the players that they want. So it doesn't yeah. it doesn't bode well for Hamler. But you know, I I don't want to. I want him to do well, right? I want him to do well, and maybe a change of scenery would help him. I'm not sure, but uh, it's uh, yeah. I I don't see him. I don't see him there. I don't see him there next year. Yeah. And and I'm going to grab another Keith's comment because it's kind of on that injury line. He says, Thomas and Ron, there are a lot of players that should get a pass because of injuries or the coaching ineptitude. But what players don't get a pass? That's a good question, right? I mean, I think, well, I mean, I'm giving Russell Wilson a pass because of the ineptitude of the offense. The coaching last year was horrendous, right? Yes. He was injured. You know, he, I think he's done enough over the years to give him a pass. But players that don't get a pass in my mind that have to, that have to live up to their contract or whatever right now, Randy Gregory is the top of my yes. list. Mm -hmm. He has never played a full season. He's often injured, often suspended. He doesn't get a pass in my mind. If he can't, if he can't show up this year, then there, then he's gone. He's he is one hundred percent gone. His contract is is basically was a you know was written so that they can get out of it after this year without too much you know too much pain. So in my mind, there's no there. I'm not giving Randy Gregory a pass at all. Maybe that's because I didn't like the signing. Maybe I'm a little <laughs> a little jaded and care for the signing at the time. But he he you know he came out and he showed what he can do and then was hurt and then wasn't wasn't there. So. He has no, in my mind, I don't think the coaches are getting, giving him a pass either this year. I think they're going to go uh, hard on a edge rusher again in next year's draft to find someone who can replace him if he can't, if he can't be on the field. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So that, yeah, Randy Gregory's actually at the top of my list as well, but there, there are, there are a few others um, that come to mind. Um, you know, I'm going to keep Lloyd Cushenberry doesn't get a pass. <laughs> uh, Cortland Sutton doesn't get a pass, nor does Albert O. They, they 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 don't get a pass for me. Um, you know, and I know with Sutton, you know, he 
he had that injury um and i know it took a little while for him to come back but you know even when he was back you know it he still wasn't and i know it takes a little while for them to kind of find their footing after the injury but still i, I feel as though he could have still done more when he returned um you know kind of going back to the season that he had but but yeah i agree i i think you know those four players for sure definitely need to prove themselves you know we were talking about that question earlier proving themselves this season because you know regardless you know of those injuries and or the coaching they they had their opportunities um but it'll be interesting to see you know exactly with the new coaching you know how how they hold up and i'm expecting again i'm expecting good things from from all four of those players you know knocking with that they stay healthy that's right and we got Timothy, uh, I think it's Lagon. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, coming in saying, I see Riley Moss, the rookie, listed as DB. Does that mean he gets reps at safety? You know, it's funny because there were t- was talk uh, in the draft that he may move to safety, right? But all the ta- all the coaches are talking about that he's a, he's a cornerback. But I will say this. The more versatility you have in the NFL, the longer you're, or the more of a chance you have of sticking in maybe a longer career. So you see swing tackles, you know, people that can play along the inside of the offensive line, they end up sticking around. DBs too. If someone can play safety and cornerback has that versatility, that's even a better shot of sticking around for a while. So if he can play safety, it benefits him. But from what I've heard, what I what I've read is they want him to play cornerback, and and I think that you know, he's going to have a hard time getting out on the field on special teams. Oh, yeah. No, but is on the defense going to have a hard time getting out on the field, even at, even if he can be versatile, right? Cause yeah. they've got, they're pretty stacked at cornerback right now. Not great in the, in the rotation, but pretty good at, at the starters for sure. And some good depth and safety as well, right? They've got a lot of, um, you know, safety depth as well. So, I don't know. I, I think he may get some and we'll see it at, tra- at training camp if he's out there with the safeties. Yeah. Thanks, Timothy. And, you know, when when he does, you know, start or get on the field. Yeah, he could potentially get some safety reps. But, you know, again, I don't see I don't see him starting, you know, with with all that we have a corner, obviously, PS2, Damari Mathis, K1 Williams. You know, we're, we're already stacked there at corner. Um, and then yeah, coming on special teams, I don't see that either, but yeah, you know, he's a DB. He, they did say that he does have some safety versatility and he can possibly play that position maybe in certain situations, you know, when he's starting, they, they may line him up as such, but you know, Sean Payton explicitly said in the press that he will be corner. Um, so expect him to play, you know, that position for the most part when he comes on in this, in this defense. Now we've got Chad coming in, the boss man, giving us a super. So thank you so much with some rhyming to boot, which is awesome. He says, predict (laughs) the next Bronco to make the Hall of Fame. Orange and blue view. That is what we do. You know, it's true. It's a podcast. You will not rue orange and blue crew. Thanks for the rhyme. Thank for the poem, whatever you want to call it. Appreciate it. Appreciate the support. I'm going to come out and say uh, I'm predicting Randy Gratishard to the Hall of Fame this year. And I'm only I'm going to give you one little caveat. It depends on who the senior committee is. Last year, he got snubbed because of a certain senior committee member. Whoever's selecting it this time, hopefully is pro Randy Gratishar, but hits his time, right? He was in the top. It was one, two, three. Then it was Randy Gratishar, and then a couple other people next. He's in line to do it. 
I think he's the next one that gets in the Hall of Fame. He's a senior uh, committee candidate, so it's a little harder. There's a huge amount of backlog there, but it's Randy Gratishar for me. And if I had to pick, if I had to pick the next actual uh, non-senior committee member going into the Broncos, it's going to be Tom Nealon. I think he's going to get in. I think there's going to be some buzz that's going to start going for him. People are going to start looking at his career with a better, you know, more fine tooth comb instead of just, you know, saying, Oh, he was a center for the Broncos and they churned out thousand yard rushers. Uh, like, you know, like it was uh, nothing. Uh, so I, I'm going to sit, go with with that, but Randy Gratishar's, I, I think he's getting in this, this next year, right. This next time around. Yeah. You, you took my two. I, I think it's going to be Randy Gratishar as well. <laughs> It's his time. I, I, it's his time. <laughs> I, I think you know they they pass on him a lot, and it, he's way overdue. Um, so I, I predict him and being there um, in, in the next Hall of Fame. You know when they do their nominations, um, he he being a shoe in for sure. Yeah, Tom Nalen is also a good choice. I know they've passed on him, as, and he's very disrespected and underrated in my opinion. So, but I can definitely see him probably maybe in another few years making it. But yeah, the next on the list for sure without a doubt for me is Gratishar. Yeah. I only say that with Tom centers centers is, is the hardest position to get into the hall of fame. If you look at how few centers are actually in the hall of fame and I'm talking modern day, I'm not talking about the two way players from back in the day. I'm talking about centers uh, from the modern era. They're, they're the hardest to get in and they require the most, you know, kind of accolades to get in, right? Like the minimum seems to be five, all first team, all pros, or you're not even getting a sniff, right? Where you've got wide receivers who are in the hall with one all pro, right? They're in the hall of fame with one all pro first team, right? So to me, it's harder to get them in because it's so easy for them to look at stats and go, Oh, well, these guys are way high on career stats. Let's bring them in and not really thinking critically about how important these other, other positions are that are on the offensive line or whatever wide receiver running back. They're always bringing them up. I mean, you've got, You've got like uh, you know you've got people nominated that are kind of head scratchers for me like over other over other people so and, and people making it into the semifinals yeah uh, are head scratchers to me as well I think Fred Taylor's gonna has a pretty good shot of getting in and I I don't think he's a Hall of Famer I think he's got the career uh, numbers to be a Hall of Famer but he's was never you never considered the best running back in the league at any point in his career. He, he had longevity and he stuck it out and was able to uh, run up those yards. But I don't know. I will see. I think I I'm hoping that Tom Nalen people start to look at him again and say, okay, the first and only two, two of uh, centers who paved the way for 10, 1000 yard rushers and one 2000 yard rusher. Kevin Wise, the other one to do it. He's in the hall of fame played for New York where people got to see him play all the time. And he was kind of an easy one to put in, but th th I think they kind of give nail. They don't give Nalen as much credit because of Alex Gibbs and all that. But if you look at Alex Gibbs, when he left, he left with Tom Nalen still playing. Tom Nalen still was able to get those yards and, and wherever Alex Gibbs, he had success, but not as much success as he had before. He had different centers and wasn't able to do it. So you got to put a lot of credit on Tom Nealon with that offensive line and, and how they, how they went uh, about their business and what they did yeah. and, you know, changed the game. Like the zone blocking scheme now is pr uh, predominantly used in the NFL. That's a long lasting of impact on the game. So yes, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta give him some love for sure. Definitely. 
You have Phil coming in saying, good evening, Thomas and Ron. On the road, just wanted to say hello. Buckham, Mile High Huddle for life. So thank you for jumping in here, Phil. Sorry, Dave, you got to be on the road, but hopefully you can catch out the whole show uh, later and and, uh, some comments in there, like the show, whatever. So. Yep. And yeah. it looks like Michael Davis coming in. I just want to grab Michael real quick, kind of agreeing with, you know, with us, kind of going back to the boss man's question. Gradishaw was recently voted as the greatest NFL player to ever. We're number 53. Hashtag yep. all. Of yeah. Them. And actually you could, uh, he wore number 52 for, you know, early on. So, cause he could, 53 wasn't available. So you could put him in 52 as well. And then he probably is uh, the best <laughs> 52. I, he, in my mind, he's the best short yardage inside linebacker of all time, you know, he, and obviously the best tackler too. And I know yes. there's a lot of, uh, you know, Oh, they didn't keep official stats. People went back and, and verified those 2000 tackles, right? It was no joke. And if you watch games, you go out and you watch Randy Gratishar's games, they're out there on YouTube. And you tell me that he's not racking up 10, 12, 15 tackles a game. He was it, it, those. It's no joke. I mean, they made a made a missed a few and gave him a few more here and there. Maybe gave him a few more assists or whatever when he when they were doing that. But you watch his games. The guy guy could tackle, and when it came to short yards, there's nobody better. So absolutely best fifty three, best ever. Wear number fifty three. And it, the problem is back then there was is a small market. People were not. You don't have. You didn't have access to all the game film. You didn't get access. Voters watched the teams that they were in the area of, and they were, they were all in the East coast, right? So they're all watching East coast teams. Denver didn't get a lot. If they'd have won that super bowl, if the Broncos at orange crush defense had, had brought that super bowl home in 77, that would have put at least three, probably three players from that Broncos team in to the hall of fame. They didn't win it because the offense coughed it up eight times. And I mean, it's pretty hard to win when your offense is turning the ball over at that rate. And, you know, it's a iconic, legendary defense. All the other legendary defenses from back then have, have a Hall of Famer in. You know, it's just the Orange Crush doesn't. So it's his time, and that better happen. Yes. Yep. All right, let's see. Yeah, Keith coming back with a pretty decent comment. And and I think we're going we're gonna to see if there's a few more uh, few more comments in here, but this is, this is a pretty good one. Sean Payton said he told coaches to ignore how the player got here and look at their ability. What surprise player makes the 53? You know, I, I had one in mind, uh, and unfortunately they went back and re-signed Cam Fleming, but I'm still going to stick with it. It was Alex Polcheski, right? He's a, I think he's an undrafted rookie, plays tackle. He's going to sneak onto the roster. That's my projection. Even though they did go back and sign Cam Fleming and, and bring him in to be uh, – back then there was it was just Isaiah Prince who was the – the rotational guy, right? So I, I was really worried about the, uh, the tackle position. So that's why I kind of started looking at Palchewski tons of experience in, in the big 10, right? He, he, uh, he's, he's one of those players who, who, who always gets out there and, and, and plays football. And and that's why I think why I'm, I'm kind of got my fingers crossed for him, hoping that he, he sneaks onto the roster. I mean, there's, there's always been that undrafted rookie free agent that that ends up making the roster. Uh, I'm going to put my money on him. Uh, not a lot of money, of course. I'm not going to bet a lot of money, but the fake money I'm putting on him to uh, to make that be that big surprise. That's a good one. Uh, surprise player to make the 53. Hmm. I would. Hmm, I'm thinking. Uh, 
Jaleel McLaughlin <laughs> comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, I know he's kind of gotten some hype there in the offseason, and I guess we'll we'll see kind of what comes of him in camp. But, um, yeah, McLaughlin would be a, a, a big surprise. I mean, this, the skill is there, that the talent is there. So, um, you know, if he does make that roster, I, I guess it really wouldn't be a surprise. I would actually be happy for him. Um, but I guess, you know, given what's in the running back stable now, you know, with P Ryan and, you know, they're high on Javante, obviously coming back and whatnot. Um, it might be a stretch, but yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with McLaughlin. Nice. Nice. I'm going to grab Michael Davis real quick because I didn't even think about coaches. When I, when I went to the hall of fame, I was thinking players, but Shanahan is a candidate. He might be the next Definitely. one. in actually after Gratish before Nayland, it might be Shanahan because there's a lot of buzz going around for him. So uh, thank yes. you for reminding me. I was thinking players, but you're right. Shanahan is is up and he has a pretty decent shot in the next next few years in, in my mind. So thank you for that. And we've got Jeff Smith coming in saying Shanahan is my number one choice. So that's that's great. Jeff, thank you for the shout out from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Fellow New Mexican, thank you for coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, so uh, Santa Fe, beautiful, beautiful Santa Fe. I'm, I'm down in the Albuquerque area. So, yeah, thank you for coming in with that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, uh, Ron, let's uh, let's wrap this up, right? We, uh, we've got to most of the comments. Uh, it's been a fun show. Don't forget to check out the other shows. They're all fun, right? They all have a different perspective. So, and I'm going to give a shout out to Legends of Mile High next week because we've joined in Friday morning. We've got Gil Whiteley. Been in the been in the business for over thirty years. Is going to join the show. He knows all the legends. He's going to he's been to all the camps. He's going to have a great perspective. So don't forget to tune into Legends of Mile High Friday morning to see Gil Whiteley. It's going to be fun. And uh, as always, like the show, subscribe, do all the stuff. Thank you for the support. And uh, Ron, any uh, any closing closing uh, words of wisdom at all? Yeah. So uh, again. Don't let not let your hearts be troubled with the, the slow news. Um, <laughs> you know, it will start to pick up here soon with training camp on the horizon. So I know everyone's excited um, to hear about the buzz and the news coming out of training camp. As as I'm going to state again, you know, your 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 fellow host here, Thomas and Luke will be there in attendance. Um, so those should be some good perspectives coming out. Um, and again, just. As Thomas mentioned, check out all of our podcasts. Check out the articles on SI.com. Grab some merch. And, you know, find us on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, um, be sure to follow us and check us out on Twitter. Thomas at Thomas Hall NFL. And then myself at Ron White NFL. And we will see you guys here next week. Yeah, see you next Saturday. And we are going to start, you know. We're going to start uh, diving into training camp here pretty soon. So have a great evening and go Broncos. Go Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.